love what God's doing around here, and um, I love the testimonies um, of what God's doing. God's always know this. God's doing something. Just because you don't know about it doesn't mean He's not doing anything. And He's touching His people. And so while they're going to give their testimony, I'm going to give mine as well. Um, just an update on Africa. Last year, David Santiago and I went and um, we held a crusade in the first village one night and uh, got the report back just a couple weeks ago. Sometimes it takes a while to communicate when it comes to overseas. But I got the word just the other week that all of those people that were saved in that village joined the church, and the church is full. And um, we just praise God for that. And that village did have a church in it, and um, so we were able to get them in the church uh, by introducing the pastor at the end and, and all of that. And then the second village that we went to, remember I, we told you that the people come from all over the country with their broken bones. Remember that? How many of you do not have never heard that before? The village with the broken bones. Okay, so people come. This, the chief of the village has a natural remedy through plants. It's not juju. I asked him about that, and I made sure it wasn't juju that he was doing on them. Those of you who don't know what that means, just forget about it. It's a natural remedy, and people come, and he and his family put this on, um, on their bones. And they say that they are healed faster by doing that. And so we spent the day going. There was huts, and, and we just after we were with the chief, we, we spent the day going hut to hut, just praying for people broken thigh bones and ankles and hips, one back, I mean, all this kind of stuff. And so um, I asked Pastor John a couple weeks ago, I said, give me, find out the update. So he, he talked to the pastor over that region, and uh, here's what he said, because the people come and they bring a family member to take care of them, to cook for them, to wash clothes for them, to help them move anything because they're crippled because of these bones that are broken. And here's what, here's what Pastor John told me. He said that the next morning after we were there, we had already gone. We'd, we'd, we're on assignment. We do our assignment, and we're gone. I'm, I'm not there to whatever. I'm, not, I'm just moving on. And um, he said that the next morning, that the family members woke up and found their relatives with the broken bones packing up their stuff. And the family members asked the ones with the broken bones, said, what, what are you doing? And they said, we're healed today, so we're packing up to go home. That's what they said. Many of them were healed in the night, evidently, and they were picking up their bed and going home. And then uh, we just praise God for that. And then the year before, when we went overseas to do the crusade, um, the people that were saved 
formed, you know, we introduced their pastor to them. And we, I went to the school and asked the headmaster if they could use a classroom. And he agreed for them to use the classroom on Sunday mornings. And uh, Pastor Christopher is his name. And he ended up getting married in December. Just a young guy out of Bible school. He got married in December. And two, about two weeks ago, two, two weekends ago, they dedicated his church building. They've already built their church. And they dedicated their church building. And so they're just all excited about it. And then the second village that we went to, again, with no church, um, those people are gathering together and they are beginning the process of building their church in their village. So we just thank God. This is what we're all doing. Y'all who support us to go and help us go, we got to come back and be accountable to you and, uh, and give the reports. Again, just because you don't know about it doesn't mean God's not moving. Not only there, but here as well among us. And it's great to be able to uh, take time like we did this morning and hear testimonies and the encouraging words from people. We pray for you and with you behind the scenes and to hear the testimonies of God answering. He's an awesome God. His goodness is not determined by your trial. He's flat good all the time. Yeah, we do go through some trials. But He gives us the victory. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Father, I ask You to help us today to hear Your voice. It isn't important who stands with the microphone. What is important is that we do not waste our time and that we hear from you. And so all of us block out every distraction right now. We focus on you and your word. And I pray that you would touch every heart today. God, I know there are people who are struggling. They're, they're in the fire. They're in the trial. But you are good. And you help us. And you're on our side. And today I pray that you meet every individual right where they are. May their life be changed by your presence. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. I don't want to take a long time today. Um, but I've been praying about uh, strange, maybe unique. I don't, I don't take that wrong when I call God's verse or His Word a, a strange one, but it's, it's one that many times we look over. We don't find significance in it, but when we, anytime we read passages of Scripture, if we'll ask the Holy Spirit, He'll reveal to us meanings and truths that, that are applicable for each of us. In our life, the whole word of God applies to every aspect of your life. The whole word. We're not like some who get our scissors and we cut out certain passages because it didn't fit. 
or because our trial was bigger than the word of God, so we're just going to cut it out. We're do, we don't do that. We don't do that here. And I would encourage you not to do that. But my passage, my text today, real quick, is uh, Psalms 84, 1 through 5. It says, How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs for and greatly desires the court of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young, even your altars, O Lord of hosts. Blessed and greatly favored are those who dwell in your house and in your presence. Blessed and greatly favored is the man whose strength is in you. The title of my message today is The Value of Nesting Near the Altar of God. The Value of nesting or living near the altar of God. As I was meditating on these passages, the Lord reminded me of something. Now, I'm not old or anything, but I had forgotten this one. Because it happened during my early teenage years when I was still in Africa, and I wasn't sure what God had for me. I wasn't sure what His plan was. You know, me, I'm the type of person, just tell it to me, one, two, three, four, give me the time frames and let's go with it. But He doesn't do that with me, and if He does it with you, it just makes me sick. But anyway, <laughs> but He does that with some people, and I'm happy for you. He just doesn't do that for me. And so He reminded me as I was thinking about these passages of when I was just young, again, I'm not old, um, but I didn't know what his plan was for me, and so I was talking to him about that. And um, I, I had an, uh, a wonderful and still to this day relationship with God, and I communicate with him all the time. And so here's what I told the Lord. I said, I, I want to, in the future, I want to build my house near your house. That's what I told him. In other words, I said, I, I was telling him that I want to be close to you. I want my life to revolve around you. I want to be involved in your house. I want to help care for your people in your house. And I had forgotten about that until this week. I don't even know how many years that that's been. Maybe he's brought it to my memory a time or two, but I couldn't tell you the last time that I thought about those things. But looking back, looking back, I can tell you that I have done the best that I could to fulfill that on my end and to work and to live near the house of God. And I can tell you also that as I told him, I'm going to take care of your house and I need you to take care of my house. 
I need you to take care of my house. And I can tell you looking back that I've done my best and he most definitely has taken care of my house because I cared about his house. You see, when we decide and choose to be involved in the house of God, there's something that happens. There's something that, that he, it, he is drawn to. There's something that he takes note of. He does that. And verse 5 says, Blessed and greatly favored is the man who lives in your house. In other words, he's always around it, always involved with it. He's, he's, he's made the house of God the center of his life. And so, as you have heard over the last several months, and, and we've been talking about, those of you that don't know, um, I own a, a, a business, and we've been, our goal has been to try to transition over to the church. Um, this week, this week, we closed on the business, and now we're going to be able to be involved here with you guys more and more. I can tell you it's very difficult to sell a business. Very difficult. And the lawyers get involved and they want to do their thing. And anyway, that's what they're paid to do. But uh, so we're still working out the details. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm see you later. It's not that. I got some training that I have to do with the new owners and, and that kind of thing. But you, you pray with us and... Uh, God will come through for sure. Amen. Life is a journey. It begins at birth and then it ends at death. It's a journey that I trust that all of us are making and the end game is to be heaven. That's our goal. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, today is your day to experience that. And for those of us that are here, we live for God. The home plate of our journey is heaven. That's what we're trying to do. The years between birth and death vary. All of us, they all vary. And there are many difficulties and challenges that come along the way. But it's the Lord that comes to our side. It's the, he's the one that gives us the strength to carry on. My wife and I were driving to Tampa uh, Friday um, evening, and we were just talking about and reflecting all the different ways that the Lord has helped us over the years in business, from people stealing from us and forging checks and cashing them and all kinds of trials and difficulties. And I'll be the first to admit, if it wasn't for God on my side, it wouldn't have happened for 28 years. It just wouldn't. I'm not that good. Um, it was interesting. There was a, a gentleman that came Wednesday night 
um, to the service, and he wanted to rededicate his life to God. And I don't know if he's here today or not, but um, and so you know we were able to talk to him and lead him to Christ. And uh, one one of the things that he looked at me and said to me was, "I'm I." I just can't believe that you're sitting here spending time with me, talking to me. And here's what I said to him. I said, well, don't look at any of this. Just see me as a little boy raised in a village in Africa. Because that's all that I am. That's all that I am. And God has helped us through so many difficulties and sicknesses and diseases and financial problems. You know, all the same things that he helps youth with. No exceptions. But he's helped us over the years. And so the most important thing that we do with our life is what we do with the days that we have between birth and death. This is why it's so important your connection between you and God and my connection between me and God. For yourself, it's the most important thing that you can do. And during life, there's all kinds of events that take place. There's education and, and the day that you started your school, schooling and the day that you ended it. There's, there's marriages, the day that you got married and how you took care of your marriage. How well are you doing with that? Or the day that your child was born. But more importantly, how you raised that child. Or the day that you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And how you've lived your life for God. It is so important that we live close to God, fully surrendered. Because if we don't, Satan will deceive us and will never complete our journey to heaven. In Psalms 84, we, you, you, we find we're in the temple. And the writer of Psalms is there in verse 1 saying, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Those are very strong words. Especially the one that says, My flesh cries out for you, the living God. Most of the time, our flesh is what's, what is not saved, so to say. Or our flesh, we're tempted in the flesh or to sin and that. But here the writer is saying that even his flesh is crying out for the living God. And he says, how lovely is your dwelling place. That dwelling place, that's a place of worship. That's the house of God. That's maybe the church. That could be your prayer closet. Whatever. It's not this building and what the color of the carpet is or the paint on the walls or the colors of the seats. The dwelling place refers to His presence. His presence. 
And so based on the writer of the Psalms, how, let me ask you, how do your desires compare to his desires? Are you on fire for God? Do you long and, as he says, yearn and even faint to be in God's presence? I want to talk to you today about nesting near the altar. Verse 3, the writer gives us an example of these small birds, these small birds who built their nest in the temple near the altar of God. It says, as the sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds her nest, swallow being another type of bird, where she may lay her young by your altars. How many of you have ever been in a building and there was a bird that got in somehow? I've been in airports and those little birds, they, I don't know, they find a little crack or whatever and they come in. Or maybe a warehouse. You've been in a warehouse and you saw the bird flying around. We would have that and we'd raise the bay doors as high as we could so that the bird could um, maybe see a tree out there and want to fly out to the tree. Maybe it's an indoor gym or something like that where you've seen you came in and there was a bird in there and you kind of had, like had to shoo it out. I've been, in, I've been in churches where the birds were in there, these little, these little tiny birds. And I believe that the writer of Psalms was in the temple worshiping when he noticed those birds. Have you ever been in a place doing whatever and all of a, and you see something and then God begins to speak to you spiritually about something that you saw in the natural. Ever had that happen? And I believe that 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 is what this person was was that's what was happening to this person. He was in the altars of the Lord worshiping and begin to notice that the birds had come in. Little tiny, tiny birds. And I believe that as he sat there in the presence of the Lord, or laid there, whatever the case may be, that God began to give him revelation about the birds. Even about the babies that were in the nest. How many of you have ever seen little babies and they're in the nest? You know, and they're all calm, and then the mother flies in with some food, and then all the mouths are open. You seen that? And I believe that he sat there, and he watched that as the mother would bring food to them. The temple wasn't air-conditioned, so it wasn't sealed up tight like we are here today. Now watch, there'll be a bird in here, and they'll be like, well, that place isn't sealed up. But the birds like to live in a place where they're protected from the weather and predators. They look for a safe place to build their nests and to raise their young. And I believe that these these little creatures of God will help us this morning in our spiritual living. 
The important thing is to evaluate where you are nesting or living and see that the influence see that the influences that are shaping your life and causing you to make the decisions that you're making. So I want to focus here on these birds and why did they build their nest or their home in the house of God. First of all, we must all make a personal intentional choice to be near the altar of God. It says here that the swallow made a nest for herself, herself, herself. It was a personal decision that she made. Not all Christians make this choice, but rather she owned it. This bird chose the place to make her nest. She personally chose, and it was a wise one. The object of every choice we make as Christians must be to get closer to God. May God make that desire stronger in each one of us today. In the Old Testament, the temple altar was a very important place. It was a place where sacrifice was given. And then Jesus came along and He was the one and only sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. His sacrifice on the cross was for the forgiveness of all sins to those that believed and accepted His forgiveness. We don't have to go to the house of God and sacrifice anymore. Why? Because Jesus did it for us. And now it's our choice to accept his, Him being the sacrifice for the forgiveness of all sins. Can I tell you today that every sin that you've committed, and I've committed, can be forgiven by Jesus dying on the cross and me accepting it. It's gone. The baggage, you don't have to carry it anymore. The side effects, you don't need to worry about that. You can be totally free today by accepting Jesus and what he did on the cross. Paul says in Romans 12:1, I urge you believers by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice set apart and holy and pleasing to God. And then he puts this, which is your reasonable service. In other words, that's the least. That's within reason for you to do that based on what he did for you. We must take our, uh, make ourselves available to God so that He can use us at any time in any way. There are too many Christians going around there putting stipulations on God. Well, I can't. I'll go to church on Sunday. But to go to an extra prayer meeting? Or... I can't really, I'm a shy person, so I really can't speak to other people about you. No, we've got to get to the point where we tell God, you can use me at any time 
in any place. Just as the swallow made her nest for herself, we must intentionally choose to be a living sacrifice and live near his altar. Live near his altar. And then secondly, we must make an intentional choice to build our nest near the altar of God for the sake of our children and our grandchildren. I realize today that I'm speaking to some single people. How many are single in here? Wave at me, wave at me. I'm talking to you. I'm talking about your future and your hope to get married. Can I tell you, start now to build your life near the altar of God. Verse 3 says, The swallow has built for her, uh, a nest for herself where she may have her young near the altar. Near the altar. Every species of bird makes a unique nest. I'm reminded in, in Africa we have these weaver birds. Um, and they're beautiful birds. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're weaver. We, that's what we always call them. But they make their nest in the branches that are over water. And of course, they do that, you know, so predators can't get to them. But the nest is made, and then it has like a tube coming out of it going down about this far. And so in order for them to get in that nest, they have to fly up the tube and in, it's woven. The tube is made of the same whatever, branches, twigs, whatever, but they weave it. Maybe there's the reason why we call it a weaver. I don't know. But they weave this nest and then this tubular thing. And so to get in their nest, they fly up the tube and into it. But they're... They're, they're the only ones that I know that make that, that style of a nest. But birds make their nests in a unique way. And the model of the nest is usually passed down through the generations of these birds. Many times the young even will return and build their nest in the same place that their parents built their nest. Science calls that instinct. I call that God. The Christian nest is also very unique. In the book of Proverbs, we're given the promise of success with our children where it says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Our intentional choice to build our nest near the altar of God has powerful influences on the lives of our children. The greatest influence on the lives of our children and grandchildren is not the words that we speak, but the example that we live. When the young ones watch the lives of their parents and know that they are sincere about serving God, they too will choose to build their nest near the altar of God. The swallow babies, when they're ready to fly, they follow the example of their mother. She's the one that shows them how it's done. 
And sometimes, as we all know, the babies fall. They're not quite ready, didn't quite get it right. And so they fall. But these birds, when they fall, the temple worshipers are in the room. And they're able to pick them back up and let them try it again. Have you ever done that? I've been walking through the field and seen a baby bird on the ground. It was the first flight. You know, takes off out there, bang, on the ground. And pick it back up and set it on a branch in a tree, a short tree. We're giving them the opportunity to try it again. That's what we're doing. And so the worshipers can lift them up and let them try it again. Can I tell you this? The church is a great place to raise your children. The church. I know it's got its problems. But look at what's out there. I would rather raise my kids, my children, in the church where they're around people who can help them. I was thinking about John and Leah with our kids right now and their workers. I would trust them with my kids, no doubt. And Mick and Sonia with the youth department and their workers. We're helping the young. We are helping the young. And Raul and Kathleen with the young adults. I know you're not little kids anymore. But can I tell you, all of the adults here, we're here to help whatever we can do to help you. Figure out life, so to say. But so all of your kids become all of our kids. I, I feel that. I don't know about anybody else in the room, but I feel that. When I see young people from our church, even though my kids are grown, I, I need to invest in them. I, I, I've been through some bumps in the road, okay? And if I can share with people where those bumps in the road are, you bet I'm going to do it. Why would I want anyone to hit the same bump I hit? There's no way. There's no way. And so that's why we have these different departments. Here at the church, it's for your kids, it's for my kids, it's for our kids. And that's, that's why it's so important that we attend church regularly to make our nest, our home, around the things of God where they can learn the things of God and implement them into their own life. Now, they're not gonna, these children are not going to get to heaven by your coattails. No, no, no. I told my kids when they were young, you've you got to have your own relationship with God. You will not ride my coattails into heaven. It won't work. You have to experience Him for yourself. But like I said, this is why it's so important that we attend regularly. When we don't attend church, hold on to your, just Click your seatbelt real quick. Just click it because I'm going to say something. And I don't mean to be offensive at all, but let me say this. When we don't attend regularly, 
and don't become active in the house of God. We show our children that it's not a priority, and many times they end up drifting away from God. This is why it's important. Bad company corrupts good morals. I want to encourage you today, build your home near the altar of God. Have your young there so that they can experience the presence of God. And if you're not married and you don't have children, you can start doing that today. The temple provides a safe place a wholesome environment for you to raise your family. And thirdly, we must build our nest near the altar of God because grace flows from it. Because grace flows from the altar. God has worked mightily through his grace and he's brought us this far just think about where he's brought you from it's his grace some of you have come out of horrible horrible situations the odds if there's odds the odds were totally against you your family history your economic status where you were born, all, all of that. Can I tell you, it's His grace that has brought you here. And even many of us, myself included, have failures. But if we fall on the altar, there's always forgiveness and restoration. Always. That's one thing I've never really understood because I'm not this way when I... Any time that I ran into problems or difficulties, I always ran to God. There, there are a lot of people who run away from God. And maybe some of you here in the past, you ran away from God. I, I understand there was a separation maybe between you and God or you allowed things to separate you. But can I challenge you, don't ever allow that to happen. Whenever you fall, always fall into the altar of God. Because it's there with the temple worshipers where the believers can come alongside you and help you back to God. We've helped so many people come back to God. And I give God all the praise. Can I tell you, it's God's grace that will heal your broken marriage. It's God's grace that will help your children in raising your children in your home. It's God's grace that will heal those broken relationships. It's, it's even God's grace that heals your body when you're sick. And when you go through something like Madeline went through, it's His grace that helps you recover. Recover. There are people who do not recover. For whatever the reason, 
But I can tell you that it's his grace that helped me recover. It's his grace that helped Madeline and Barry recover and Tony recover and Troy recover. I knew there was one more. I, was, I don't have it in my notes. But And help Troy recover and help you recover from what you were in. It's his grace. And life and joy will be restored once again in your life as you nest near the altar. Live close to the altar so that if you fall, you can fall on the altar. And then moving on in Psalms 84, 10 through 12, it says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in tents with the wicked. No good thing will he withhold from them who walk up, uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in thee. You're blessed if you trust in God. And then Psalm 27, 4. This one thing I desire of the Lord, and that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and live in his presence and behold his beauty and meditate in his temple. You see, when we leave this world, our death certificate has two dates, birth date, death date. But what really matters is what you did between those two dates. Of everything you accomplish in this life, the thing that matters is what you did between those two dates. Bow your heads with me. Look at your life for just a few moments. How close to God, to His altar, have you built your life, your nest, your home, your activities? Do you only do things with God on Sundays? Or on, when it's prayer meeting time? Where have you decided to raise your young? The swallow chose in the temple, near the altar of God. How close to the altar do you live? You personally. She chose to build her home there herself. She chose it personally. How close do you live? For your sake and also for your children's sake. Maybe you're here today and you don't even live for God. That can change for you today. Maybe you've come in here and this is all strange and don't understand it and all of that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is what you're going to do for God between your birth date and your death date. You say, are you trying to scare me and 
into thinking that I'm going to go out of here and have an accident and kill myself. No, not, not thinking that at all. I just want to encourage you that the days that you have and the years that you have between your birth date and your death date, that you maximize them for God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's the only thing that will matter. The only thing that will matter. You can own a business, make a lot of money, have a great education, be wealthy, a beautiful home, multiple cars, all those material things. And I have no problem with people having material things because to me, God is the one that gives us now those material things. Now, if you worship them, you're in trouble. Can you serve God with an open hand with all that he's allowed you to possess? Can you give it up to him anytime he asks for it? God, as we're here reflecting on our own life, I have to reflect on mine. I'm asking you today that your people here in this room and watching over the internet, that we would build our home near the altar of God. That even though today I talked about just the small bird, maybe there's others in the room who've read that passage many, many times and didn't think about that small bird that chose for herself to build a nest to lay her young near the altar of God. I pray in these closing moments that you would touch and speak to people, that you would identify changes in our lives that can be made. Maybe we in the past messed up, but it's water under the bridge. It's sin that I trust has been confessed and forgiven by Jesus Christ's blood. Now we can make the changes for the rest of our days in this life. I pray that you would touch people today. I pray that you would make changes in their life. We're so, so grateful for the testimonies that we've heard today. And there's many more, many more testimonies. But we praise you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we leave, if you would like to come up for prayer for any reason, maybe you're going through something difficult, come up. Don't, don't leave here carrying that thing. Let, let some of us pray with you. If you need to get saved, do not hesitate for one moment. Come up here now. If you need to make things right with God, come now. Come up here now. Let's, give, let's all stand to our feet and let's hold steady for just a moment. Give people time to come forward. If you need prayer, you want prayer for any reason, Barry and Brandon and I will be up here to pray with you. Trust God with you. Maybe you want to come up and just take a few moments and talk to God about 
shifting some things in your life. Maybe you need to relocate. I don't know. You need to relocate and come build your home near the altar of God. Don't hesitate. Come forward. Anyone coming forward? Otherwise, we bless you all in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that as our people go, as we move out from here and face the week in front of us, I pray that we would be living testimonies, living sacrifices on the altar of God to be used by you in a powerful way. Use us, we pray, for your honor and for your glory. We pray blessings on everyone. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come forward if you'd like prayer.